With us today is former Governor David Patterson, one smart guy, and he's going to give us the problems of, uh, of our city, our state, our country. Uh, and uh, Governor Patterson, where do we begin? John, I think we begin with the issue of appearances versus professionalism. And what I mean by that is that a lot of times you can be very professional, but if it doesn't look like you're doing anything, then the public, if, when you're in politics, uh, frowns on you. So let's take the issue of the terrible pl- train crash in Ohio, which we talked about last week. And uh, after that, it certainly appeared that uh, Mike DeWine, the governor of Ohio, was almost acting as if he didn't need any help. And whether he was or he wasn't, he didn't get any because uh, it didn't seem to be forthcoming. Now, this is around the time also that President Biden goes to Poland and then secretly goes into the Ukraine and comes back. And, you know, it's kind of a, a, a daring thing to do, which is fine. But um, at the same time, the heads of the agencies have to be doing something. And I think the best thing for a head of an agency to do when the president's out of town with the uh, apparently sweeping viruses and effects that human beings are getting from the fire and from the tragic accident, we um, would have thought that someone of decision-making ca- capacity and someone who was senior would have gotten there a lot sooner, wouldn't you say? Well, I was very disappointed because, to me, when Americans suffer, and Ohio is middle America, when Americans suffer, the president of the United States, the FEMA, or whoever is involved in helping them, they don't ask, is that a Republican state or a Democratic state? They're Americans, but they need help. And I was very, very disappointed that the help was late in coming, and some of them didn't wake up. Until a former president, uh, Donald Trump, went to visit there, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, Ohio exists again. And, and I, was, I was disappointed as an American. Well, he, um, I must admit, lit a fire under the situation by going there. And then you started to hear about some of the policies that uh, were taken by his administration, which may not have helped the situation. But I don't think that that's something you bring up after he's gone there to expose the fact that you haven't sent anyone major there. And, you know, it's just, um, it's just a matter of, as you said, not really looking at it as a political situation, but looking at, at it as a tragic accident. What can we do to help the people immediately? What can we do long-term to make sure this doesn't happen in other and I, I hope those people, uh, there's a lot of questions to be answered, uh, Governor Patterson. The question is, uh, why was the train so long, 151 cars? Uh, why did it go on for miles and miles and miles uh, where an, an alarm should have went off that, that lo- those cars were overheating? Uh, and I think you've told me most of that stuff. And and. and uh, with our open borders, down is it is terrorists or possible sabotage coming through those open borders? I mean, uh, what say you? Well, the, there are sensors on the railroad tracks that are supposed to send a signal to the engineer of the train if the track gets too hot, meaning that a fire is starting. That didn't happen in that particular case. And also, they had 
highly explosive material on the trains. That's what really elevated the situation beyond even just the crash itself. And in, in that case, it's not clear whether or not they should be allowed to carry that amount of explosives on one train. So we'll be looking to see how the investigations bear out in the future. But I thought maybe we'd have a little lighter note, John, which is that um, about a month ago, Mayor Eric Adams was at uh, holding a press briefing, and I don't know where he was, but he was talking about different things, and he was talking about the migrants and uh, where they might be housed if they're, you know, because the city's filling up. And he just made this flip remark, maybe it'll be in the Nassau Coliseum. So Newsday has a sort of separate publication that they put out called The Point, and The Point put that in their article. Well, at that point, um, a whole lot of Long Island officials started to get upset about the Nassau Coliseum. The uh, county executive of Nassau, Bruce Blakeman, pointed out that to put migrants in that facility would violate the terms of the lease that's there, which should have ended the discussion. But the discussion continues to go on. Eric Adams has no power over Nassau. He could send them there, but Bruce Blakeman in Nassau County could send them back. I heard that. I heard that Mayor Adams wanted to send them to Canada. <laughs> well, I'll say this: I have just been amazed at how this story has gone gone around and gotten, you know, debated back and forth. Congressman Peter King was involved. Curtis Lee was involved. But the but the real issue is that. Adams was making a flip remark. He just said it. You know, it wasn't anything that he meant. And uh, and yet, two weeks later, they're still debating it. So I found the whole situation amusing. Well, listen, uh, Adams is, uh, he, he can make jokes about things. He's a human being. Curtis makes jokes about everything every other day. So what else is new? Yeah, and some of them are even funny. <laughs> But I think that uh, it, it, to me, was just a very good example of how a little remark kind of made, you know, at the end of a press conference in jest, created so much commotion and everybody on Long Island has to talk about it. And uh, uh, it, it, it's, uh, I guess, in late February when there isn't that much going on in the news, it was really quite entertaining. Uh, you have given a lot of advice to Governor Hochul, which was all good advice because you, you were the governor and uh, you got things done up there. Uh, when is the when do we cross the line where uh, we're going to find out who the real governor is? Is it the state senate or is it the governor? I think it'll be in the budget process. Because, and when does that come due? Uh, well, the budget is due on April 1st. New York is the only state whose budget is due. April Fool's Day. Yes, and I'll tell you what. Uh, now, they say that they are cooperating with each other and they've put, in, put the past aside, even though there's still one judge short on the Court of Appeals. But it will be interesting to see how it plays out because certainly um, you – it's not that I'm giving credit, but I'm just saying that the uh, state Senate, they knew exactly what they wanted to do, They, whether you like it or not. And I didn't think it was appropriate based on what the Constitution holds. But they were well organized when they decided 
but they didn't want to hear the verdict of the court in the uh, case that the uh, uh, ranking Republican member on the judiciary brought. They brought the uh, nomination of the floor and voted it down, which is what they wanted to do. They should have done in the first place. But I think just that dynamic, that relationship between the governor and the legislature is key to getting a lot of things done. I remember my first year, uh, and, and remember, I didn't start my year until March 17th when I became governor. We actually passed 27 three-way agreements. In other words, where the Assembly, the Senate, which at the time was Republican Joe Bruno, and myself were able to agree on these issues where we had previously disagreed, and it tied Governor Pataki to the highest number in a semester. I would love to see Governor Hochul and the legislative leaders, amid all the criticism that they've received, try to beat that record and show that Albany can work a lot better than perhaps it has in the past few months. Well, I pray that uh, uh, Democrats and Republicans work together for a better New York City, better New York State. Uh, Governor Patterson, thank you so much, and we'll catch up again real soon. Thank you, John. Take care. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno.